Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show where I collect my favorite stories and ideas across InfoSec, technology, and humanity, and talk about why they matter. You can subscribe to the companion newsletter, which also functions as a show notes, at danielmeisler.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 56, starting off with InfoSec News. Over a million Google accounts have been hacked by a campaign called Gooligan. Basically works by a malicious Android app being installed, which shouldn't surprise anyone. It then steals your auth tokens out of the sandbox, then removes them, which forces you to re-log in, then captures your login, and then has full access to your Google account. Over a million accounts are supposedly compromised as a result of this, and the best fix is to not install malicious Android apps. South Korea has passed a law making it illegal to create and use video game hacks that are not allowed by the game company. That is absolute dedication to an industry. So Korea actually made it illegal to do what so many gamers do but because it's bad for gaming, it's bad for Korea. That is super hardcore. Uber's now collecting your location data before and after you get out of the car. The rationale they gave is basically that it'll help with the quality of drop-offs and pickups, but a lot of people are really upset about it from a privacy standpoint. A hacker known as Double Flag is claiming to have 203 million Experian accounts and 88 million Whois accounts and is selling them for $600 US. We don't know for sure if the breach is confirmed, but the guy is known for similar attacks against Dropbox, Brazers, Epic Games, uTorrent, Mail.ru, Yandex, and a Bitcoin talk forum. So seems like it could be legit. Georgia Tech has rewarded $17 million contract to solve the cybersecurity attack attribution problem. I think they're going to need more money than that. Gareth Hayes has done a great post on Portswigger's site around JPEG polyglots. Basically, if you allow users to upload images or any files actually to your site, you probably want to host them on a separate domain. Other things you can do to sort of defend against this are to rewrite the image headers and to strip comments, which are uh, two of the techniques that we use for this. Some cool research has been done using AWS access keys as honey tokens. You basically create your fake keys and then monitor them using CloudTrail and CloudWatch to let you know if someone uses those keys and you can actually take some automated actions as a result as well. A couple of researchers have tested 10 different types of medical devices and pacemakers and found ways to disable them and or send life-ending shocks from about five meters away. They basically reverse engineered the wireless traffic and found a way to send their own traffic. Mirai has been attacking and disrupting hundreds of thousands of broadband users in Europe. Instead of doing DDoS, it's basically attacking certain routers and changing their configurations to take them offline. U.S. CERT has put out an incident scoring demo 
It's a website, basically, that rates things by impact, observed activity, location of activity, threat actor, information impact, recoverability, dependencies, and potential impact. It's basically a website, and it's got a series of checkboxes and radio buttons. You make your selections across all those dimensions, and it gives you a risk readout of how severe this incident uh, could be. Many people are starting to worry that machine learning is going to lead to massively more intelligent attacks. One of the examples used is looking at lots of dumped data and figuring out who to attack and how. I think there's something to this, but with statistical models, it's usually about the data, right? So if you have lots of high quality data, you can actually use existing statistical models to find some really high quality content in there and build a tool that can do this type of stuff. And you could do that with existing models. You don't need machine learning. Visa is pushing their requirements for gas pumps to support chips to 2020. So they're basically saying instead of 2017 being the deadline, 2020 is going to be the new deadline. I say we should just skip the chip deadline and move as fast as possible to Android and Apple Pay. Technology news. Amazon absolutely crushed their reInvent conference last week. Some of the highlights include a new VPS service, which they call LightSail. You're now able to add a GPU to any system. You now have FPGA accelerated VMs, Postgres support in Aurora, an API for the Alexa service, a text-to-speech engine, DDoS protection, they're calling like AWS Shield, I think, for all AWS systems. And there's a premium tier as well, but there's a free tier that covers all by default for free. And a batch job management system among a few others. Really great conference. It feels like they're almost basically an R&D company being supplemented by side projects. LogoJoy is a logo creation service that uses AI to create the logos. Person who created it basically is making like 15K a month off of it. And that was before they made Hacker News, so it's probably a lot more than that now. But what you do is you go and select the kind of look that you like, you put in the text that you want, and the, the AI engine actually builds the logo for you. And this site creator basically just uh, collects the money. And Pebble is being bought by Fitbit after not doing well for the last year or two. Human news. The FDA has agreed to allow MDMA trials for PTSD patients. And scientists have found a way to magnify the sensations from the reward center of the brain by applying magnetism through the skull. Ideas, trends, and statistics. I wrote a short post this week called Purple Team Pen Tests Mean You're Failing at Red and Blue in response to an article that I read. I forget the name of it. It was something like Purple Team Pen Tests or something like that. It was basically saying that Purple Team Pen Tests are the best pen tests because they force the red team to help the blue team. And my response to that was basically take a close look at what red teams are supposed to do. The 
actual definition that comes from the military is an external organization that works to improve the effectiveness of another organization. So in this case, a red team is designed to improve the effectiveness of a blue team. So if your red team is not doing that, then they're simply not doing their job, whatever else they might be doing. So I think all this talk about purple is just a little bit too much because it's like a Band-Aid. It's an unnatural addition to red and blue. Red should be helping blue by default as part of its core identity. Wrote another essay this week called When Logic Only Comes from Extremists, Expect Bad Things to Happen, which is basically about how liberals are causing their own problems by refusing to speak logically and honestly about certain issues. And if liberals fail to do that, then someone else will stand up and do that. And it's very likely that we won't agree with their core principles of why they're saying these things. And it'll be mixed in with quite a bit of hate. A whole lot of people mistakenly believe that manufacturing jobs are way down because U.S. manufacturing output is down. And that's very much not the case. We're actually at a peak in manufacturing. We're tied for the best possible manufacturing output we've ever had, which was in 2007. We're pretty much tied with it now. Two-thirds of the manufacturing jobs have left, but that correlates directly with this improvement in output. It's a simple fact of adopting machinery to replace humans. So this is not a problem to solve. This is a victory to rejoice in. That is just a fact of business. So it's not really a goal for us to be pursuing more manufacturing jobs that are done by humans because uh, it, it's a fantasy and it would be contrived and forced if it were to happen. And it would also lead to us being less efficient and less productive in manufacturing, not more. We've all heard about Russia did this or Russia did that during the election. And there's uh, obviously very good evidence that they did, in fact, tamper with the uh, campaigns and did actually hack the uh, DNC and a bunch of other people. But uh, I was actually looking at some logs last Tuesday, which I often do, and found some Trump spam in my Google Analytics. Turns out it was one guy launching this campaign. Maybe there's more now. Maybe there's copycats. But this one person is launching Google Analytics Trump-based spam and just hitting millions of people with it. It's a bunch of articles about it on the internet. And there's an essay on Medium about how basic income will increase innovation by reducing fear of failure. A little bit torn on that. I, I think reducing fear of failure might be a good thing, but uh, we don't want to reduce it to zero because I think uh, it's a healthy thing. Recommended links. Got a free video-based data science course from Harvard, CSCI E-109. It's a video-based course, completely free, and seems to have some great content from the stuff I looked at. My buddy Ryan Black turned me on to Datumbox, a machine learning API that lets you do things like sentiment analysis. So you could see if text is leaning male or female, see if it's leaning positive or negative. You can see what language the text is in, all kinds of other stuff. It's a free API. You're just limited to a thousand requests per day. Google put out OSS fuzz, 
it's continuous fuzzing of open source software. So you basically, as an open source developer, you hook your project into this tool. It continuously scans, finds things, developer fixes it. And then seven days after the fix or 90 days after first reporting, the issue goes public. Found a great article today about how to become an A player. I normally don't think these uh, sorts of articles are so great, but uh, this one turned out to have some great stuff in it. It had like seven or 10 or something like that bulleted lists of, of things that you should do, ways you should approach life and problems and work. And thought it was a really strong list of concepts. Got a collection of resources for learning reverse engineering. And I have a link here to CyberChef, browser-based Swiss Army knife for doing multiple kinds of text manipulations. Announcements, tips, and miscellanea. Hoping to get my book back from an editor soon. Actually, hopefully tonight to uh, prepare for publishing. And I will drop the link when it is ready. Continue to mess with my podcast audio. This is actually the second time I've recorded this tonight, which is super annoying. But if you're an audiophile or experienced with podcasts, you have some ideas around audio quality, definitely let me know. Still working on finishing the book, Naked Statistics. I think the book is fantastic. I'm going to be doing a summary on it soon. And the season finale for Westworld just aired. And if you're not watching the show already, now is a good time to get in on it and just do a binge session. It's a fantastic show. And Wired had a good piece of advice this week. Never, ever download an Android app outside of Google Play. I mentioned this earlier. I think it's great advice, especially considering Android's market share. And for the quote this week, again from Bertrand Russell, the trouble with the world is that the stupid are cocksure and the intelligent are full of doubt. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, you can get the show notes for this episode, including all the news, ideas, and links in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.